Pamela. Hi. How Hi. are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Gigi in the 561. Gigi, that's me, uh, as well as the same name as you. I have Pamela, too. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when people call me Pamela, I know sort of I'm in trouble because in my family, <laughs> <laughs> that's, they, that's when they really use my full name. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about some of your projects, Pamela. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Let me tell the listeners um, just a little bit about you, and then you're going to tell us all about you. And, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong in this pronunciation. Today we have Pamela Sajalsvik. It's Scholzvik. It's like Dr. Scholz's oh, footwear. Okay, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, who is coming to us from Texas today. And Pamela has a background uh, as a librarian, and we're going to talk about how she decided to make a change uh, with that. But in the, in the world of pandemics, Pamela has created some very, very interesting paths for, for not only herself, but for many others. Uh, and by doing that, she has started, she founded, and is the administrator of a quarantine book club. And when I heard that, I had to know more. I heard about that through a friend of mine also in Texas. And, and also, it's a published uh, first-time author of, of a book that you people are going to want to buy because it just sounds wonderful. So, Pamela, let's talk about the change that you made when being a librarian and you decided that if people could come and go with or without masks, it wasn't worth it to you to stay there. You wanted to do something different. Well, it was um, in September of 2020. And my, well, first my stepfather um, came home. He was in a um, facility where he was getting physical therapy because he'd fallen and his health was declining. And um, so they brought him home. He'd been there for a month, and he, um, well, they said four people at the facility had tested positive for COVID, but that my stepfather had um, was not positive. And so they brought him back home for um, hospice. And and I had been very, I have always been very careful during the pandemic um, with masks, and my mother and stepfather were in their 80s, and so I rarely would go over to their house because I did work in a library, and I didn't want um, to inadvertently give them the virus. So um, my mom um, called and said that it was time that my stepdad was very close to death, and so we were going to come over the, the following day to um, say goodbye, and we came over, and he had already died. And um, so my husband and I stayed with her while, you know, the funeral home came to pick up his body. And, you know, my mom was, she was without a mask. And I wore my mask the whole time that we were there that day. And then I think it was the next day she'd called me, and she sounded sick, um, hoarse. But I figured, well... You know, she's been crying. She's upset. So I asked her, "Do you feel, you sound like you're sick?" And she replied, "I think um, I'm, I'm getting a cold." 
And I'm like, I want to take you in for a COVID test. So I did the next day. And the day after that, she tested positive. Mm. And so um, I just dropped off homemade soup and cold and flu medication and honey. and uh, But she was just getting worse after two days. And so um, her doctor said, you should bring her to the hospital. So I did. Turns out, you know, her she just got continually worse. She was in the hospital for probably a month. Oh. And um and it was just, you know, the the whole experience with COVID is and with someone who's dying of COVID, you can't be with them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it was a very different experience that I had with when my own father died where I got to be with him every day and um closure is such a weird word but I did able to have that those final conversations and and feel like I was present but with my mom I wasn't able to be that for Mm -hmm. her or with Mm -hmm. her until you know it was really literally the last day and they had de-intubated her and they allowed uh, my sister and I to be in the room with her so it was very tough and Mm -hmm. So I was grieving, and I was also the executor of her estate, and so I just felt, man, I couldn't believe that my mom had gotten <laughs> this, and I'm like, it, it really raised my level of fear, and I'm like, you know what, right now I just don't feel like I can work in a library with the public where we can't really enforce the masks yeah. if someone is not wearing a mask, and um, you know, after seeing what it did to my mom, I was just pretty terrified of it. But things are getting better in Texas. The numbers are going down. My husband just got recently, he just got vaccinated. So, and, you know, that makes me just feel (laughs) so much better about it. It is. It is getting better. I think every, it is in Florida too. And and we were, it was, it's been really bad here. And, and it is, it's, it's, uh, it's been terrifying. It, it truly, truly has. But you you didn't just um, sit there and wring your hands. You uh, you pressed on, and you decided to bring people together through reading, through books. And it's wow, your quarantine book club. If I'm you know correct me here if I'm wrong, but it has around what fifteen hundred. Yes. That's amazing in a pretty short time. So kudos to you for that. And primarily the book club which I, I like this very much too, it is to feature new new writers. Yes. Uh, and and but 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 published, I mean or to be published. Uh, tell us how that, that process works. I do like I have to jump ahead just a little bit because I I uh, like the, your next book that you have selected and I don't know how you select out of all these the baddest girl on the planet is is an up and coming. Or you have already have you already had that one? No, that is going to be our April read. So, <laughs> I love that title. Yeah, we did. Um, we do it random. We do like a random. We put in all the names of the books, and then I do a random selector and it picks. And um, so this month we're reading The Queen of the Owls by Barbara Lynn Probst, and then next month it's Baddest Girl on the Planet with Heather Freese. So, now you have opened up the club a bit to other writers uh, at this point after 
all the uh, after a year and it was a year this month that you yeah. that you launched the um book club but you have opened it up to other writers correct well not necessarily other it's now we're focusing on the 2021 debut authors cuz when the club was founded um i was you know i was set to be have my debut novel come out in november of 2020 and so i was in a facebook club that was all for 2020 debuts and you know back in march i just witnessed all these people whose books were coming out and they had to cancel their launch events and i you know i know how difficult and how much work goes in for that mm-hmm. first book you yeah. know writing it and then getting an agent and then selling it to a publishing house it's a lot of work and so i felt really bad and i'm like well you know we'll just do a book club, you know, so we can still have those events. And I thought maybe it was going to be like 50 people. Well, <laughs> it kind of took off. And how do you, what do you attribute that to? Just word of mouth, or how did you promote it? Your number—that's that's a wonderful number. But do you have any idea how it grew so fast? Well, it got, um, it did get some notice. Um, Jane Friedman, who has a blog, it got, um, she had mentioned it in her blog, so I know she has a huge readership, so probably got some people joined from that, and then um, Reader's Digest contacted me and did a piece on the book club, and like I think it was like 14 titles that we, you know, recommend, um, and so from that... A lot of people started joining. And, you know, on Facebook, a lot of people are looking for, you know, a book club. And, you know, we are unique in that it is only debut novels and memoirs. It's So it's kind of like you get to discover a writer at the very beginning of their career. So um, we don't always read the most popular book that has just come out. But what I like about it is that it is kind of forced me to read outside the normal genres that I go to, mm-hmm. and I think other people like that as well. Now, I did note that this is primarily by women, uh, about women, by women, but you do have a, at least one male uh, book that uh, you have uh, read, had in the group, by Michael Zapata. Um, yep. Is that correct? We've done two. We did um, After Elias. Um, and that was, that was our, I believe that was our February pick, and that's by Eddie Boudel Tan, and he's from Canada, and I love that book. And then Michael Zapata was the last, the last book of, or is it the last book of Adana Moreau? Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, um, so we've had two, okay. but predominantly it has been more women authors. Yeah. Um, let's move, we're going to come back to the book club because there is something particular I want to say about about uh, another piece of it. But I want to talk about your book because um, I was very attracted to all of it. The Forever 51 is the title by Pamela. The, the premise of the book is, it's, um, I'm not sure, 
how to say, it, it's about, a, and, and I don't want to give too much away, I'm always very cognizant of being careful about spoilers, but I, uh-huh. I will say, if I've read it, then I assume it's out there, So uh, I, I, because I haven't had a chance to get your book, but I will. Um, it's, a, it's a menopausal vampire, and uh-huh. she, the, the, the uh, uh, Veronica is her name, and she uh, is a hospice um, worker, and that is very compelling, and and I like uh, without again giving anything away, kind of where it goes to how she can sort of escape her permanent position where she is. There's a mm-hmm. there's an avenue out for her, but it's not going to be easy. So, <laughs> wow, you know, um, tell us about about the the process of birthing your book a little bit. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is I went to get my MFA um, at Goucher College in their creative nonfiction program. So everything that I've had published up until this past year has been nonfiction. I've written a lot of personal essays that have been published in literary journals. And my first book was actually um, called Death Becomes Us, and I explored death professions such as hospice workers and mm. death row, chaplains and um, EMTs and um, photographers who take um, who volunteer with Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. So I did a lot of um, research into those professions, kind of a way to, I guess, uh, come to terms with my own mortality. Mm-hmm. So that experience informed Forever 51, in a, in a weird way, because the protagonist, Veronica, does work for hospice, and that is how she is able to ethically obtain her blood supply. Um, so she <laughs> she is a vampire, and she needs blood, but she doesn't want to kill people against their will. And um, so she works in hospice. And um, so how it came about is just I... My first book had come out, and I and I didn't really know what I was going to write next. And uh, my son had brought up just a weird question: What would happen to? What do you think would happen if a, a teenage vampire went into a tanning salon because he didn't like being so pale? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. But I couldn't get that question out of my head, and it made me think of when you you know an older woman vampire who you know is like who wants to you know, feel better about herself, and she goes to a tanning salon. And so that kind of planted the seed in my mind, and I just started writing from there. And it was a lot of fun. Because I, I re- <laughs> Go ahead. I, I Because I never got to make things up in my writing. I had never written fiction, and so I found it very freeing. To you know, to write a book about a vampire. I mean, that is like so out there for me. But I can't it was... wait to read the full book. I cannot wait. Here's here's a. a I want to read one quick review. Um, you've had several, but um, this is by Grady Hendricks, a New York Times best best-selling author of the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And what Grady Hendricks had to say was about your book, Forever 51, full of vampires with spray tans and menopause trying to 12-step their way to salvation. Forever 51 takes vampire fiction into terrifying new territory, middle age. A very funny, very bloody book about growing older 
and getting dead. I, I just, I, I like to say, I can't wait to read it. I, I just think it sounds um, compelling. It's just that it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I love the fact that that he. Uh, the main character is is menopausal. I mean, that's just you gotta love that. I do. Um, well, it's not something that you see very much in popular social media. It's mm-hmm. like this no. taboo topic, and yes, it's exactly every woman who reaches, if they're lucky enough to reach a certain yeah. age, is going to go through it. And yeah. um, I think it needs to be out there a lot more. I, I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, Promotion. I know quite a bit about about that area of of uh, promotion. And you did something, and I, and I want to know how it how it uh, how it worked out for you. But in art, when you were launching your book, you also uh, put together a blood drive uh, through Carter Blood Care there in Fort Worth, Texas. And tell us about that, would you? Yeah, um, well, I was really upset <laughs> with the pandemic that I wasn't going to be able to do a um, a real book launch event because when everything was shutting down back in March of 2020, I was in the throes of planning my event at the Fort Worth Public Library in downtown, and I was mm-hmm. going to have the Carter Blood Care uh, mobile unit parked outside, so I was going to be doing that because it's a vampire book and I thought mm. you know that's <laughs> clever and it was very clever but it took on new meaning um after my mom had died because my mom died two weeks before my book came out and um she did get convalescent plasma um which I think they've proven now isn't quite as helpful as they they thought but mm-hmm. um I know that there's a huge need. I'm a blood donor, and I'm always, whenever I'm available, you know, after a certain amount of time, they're like, we need more blood. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of people, because of the pandemic, weren't going out to donate. So I decided to um, approach an independent bookstore in in Fort Worth and say, listen, we'll be outside, and we'll have the Carter Blood Care mobile unit out in your parking lot. So we won't be in the store, and um, and they're like, sure. So I wrote a press release, you know, just about this wacky, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all outside, and you donate blood, and we'll have prizes, and um, I made little vampire donuts, which were <laughs> really cute, <laughs> and um, sent it out. And uh, Ron Charles of the Washington Post, who has a book club newsletter, um, contacted me and wanted to interview me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. It was so, like, wow. And um, so he he thought that was a really great idea. And, and it was. And I was really glad that I was able to do it. Um, I did it's a that. great idea. It was a great idea. I did read what he what he wrote about that, and and I totally agree. It was just I, I thought that is truly genius. It, it was such on so many levels. I mean the 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 actual need um, that you were trying to fill, and just the idea of uh, taking you know putting your book out there. It's a vampire book. We're going to 
we're going to have this pleasure. I mean, it was clever uh, on a whole different level. I, I just really appreciated it. Um, where do you where do you see the quarantine book club going now? Because a lot of us are are, are going to be in the next few months, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, moving in a new direction. It will take time. I hope people will all over the country continue to wear masks. I really do until we get way on down the road to see where are we even after everyone, hopefully by the summer, has their shots and uh-huh. we're all good to go. Where do you see the Quarantine Book Club's future after things? And it will be a while, but uh, sort of return to normal. Well, um, I think... I think it won't be, I mean, I've already seen engagement drop off since the beginning. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, you know, because this was so new and people mm-hmm. were had to stay at home. So they were really looking for, you know, avenues of entertainment. And mm-hmm. so it was a novel idea. Fun. And so now at this point, you know, some people really like that they can interact with authors. Um doing the Zoom events and, you know, having the authors come in and when we're discussing the book, people like that because you don't get to do that. You know, even I live in Fort Worth and there's lots of author events, but I don't get to go to them all. But on the Internet, I can go to a ton of them. So I think that we'll continue on. Um, There probably won't be as big a number but, but, you know, I have no idea. People still like it. I, you know, and the mm-hmm. authors, they like it too. I think that, that that people are now realizing all the things we can do with the Internet. We don't necessarily have to go out, you right. know, and work at our workspace. We can do as much from home as we do at work. So I, I agree. I really think, a time will tell, my husband and I talk about it all the time, when we're really free to go out and do what, what we want, what is it that we'll really choose to do? How? Because it, I think it really has changed the way. And again, time will tell. But if we if we can interact, as you said, with people, with writers, and all sorts of people uh, via the internet in that way, where you're in the room but you're not in the room. And there's a lot to be said for that. You can stay home if you're not feeling well, the weather's bad. So many positives in being able to communicate like that. It's it's it has changed my podcasting. It has changed our website, the way that we have had to do it for the past year. I am talking to people. I've I did a podcast with someone uh, in Gibraltar and I couldn't see her. I had done a podcast with her in person before, but so I can no longer do in person, and it changes the technology. Perhaps, as you say, with Zoom and with other things, there are going to be glitches. There are going to be little things that happen, but you can still accomplish so much this way. So I think it's. I think it will. Time will tell how how yep. it all changes. Um, a couple of things that I do want to get before I let you go. I've kept you almost half an hour, and I, I always try to promise. I try to stick to my promise. Um, I know you. Your books are available on Amazon, uh, or your your um, your your uh, Forever Fifty One is available that that way on Amazon. But I also made a note of 
uh, bookshop, would you encourage your uh, your book club to to go through bookshop because it supports uh, independent bookshops? So Correct. tell us a little bit, if, if you don't mind, about that. Well, bookshop.org really became prominent through the pandemic because a lot of these independent bookstores were not able to be open. They had to keep their doors closed, you know, just like a lot of, you know, businesses did. Mm -hmm. And so they lost a ton of money. And you know who got a lot of money? Amazon, because Mm -hmm. everyone's ordering, you know, groceries and items from home. And, um, And Amazon is not lacking for money. So I like to encourage people to, while I love Amazon, I also think that we need to support small businesses. And so I do encourage people, if they can, to order from not necessarily just bookshop.org, but from the independent bookstore in your hometown. Because they can get, even if they don't have it in stock, they can order it for you. And then... Very good advice. Now... If people want to uh, reach out to you, um, when we build a page for you on our website, we will have links to you. But also um, tell them now, if you would, how to find the book club on Facebook. It is the, I think it is, (laughs) I should know this. (laughs) It is facebook.com slash groups, the 2020 quarantine book club. So 2020 is important because there is another quarantine book club, but we're the 2020 quarantine book club and it is a private group um, and we just ask you a few questions just to make sure you're not uh, mm-hmm. a robot and, right. you know, if you have a library card, what's your favorite bookstore, you know, just to prove that you're a real person yeah. um, and and that's it. And we oh. welcome anybody to come and join the discussion. Easy enough. Now, is there anything else that I have failed to mention that you would like people to know about I, your book or <laughs> the club or anything? Well, I just started, which is kind of ironic because I have run a book club for the past year, is that I am available to join your book club. If you want to... Um, Post a book club. I have a Zoom account, or we can use your Zoom account. So anybody who's interested in reading Forever 51 and having me pop in for your discussion, or if you just want to do a meet and greet and ask me a few questions, I'm happy to do that. And they can reach out uh, through my website, which is my name, Pamela Schultzbeck, which is a doozy, but (laughs) I'm sure on your page it will be spelled correctly. (laughs) I'll make sure of it. Uh, yeah, we will. We will have a photo of you on uh, on our page, uh, on your page, on our website as well. Thank you so very much, Pamela. This has been informative and fun, and I wish you all the best with with your book. And I'm, you know, I want you to come back at some time so we can talk about how your book is going to be made into a TV show or a movie. So, because I'm, mm-hmm. I feel certain that it will, because I love the subject matter, and it's all about women and things happening with women of all ages. So, I have faith in that. So, thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you for having me, Pamela. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. And to my listeners, you know what to do. You are going to be able to hear the wonderful Pamela uh, on 
many, many platforms, too many to name, iTunes, Pandora, Spotify. You can always find them very easily at our website, www.northpalmbeachlife.com. You know it's not just about life in the Palm Beaches. We go everywhere. So be sure to check out all of the podcasts, all the guests we have, including this wonderful, wonderful writer and founder of a quarantine book club. It has been such a joy today to speak to all of you. Be sure and stay tuned.